Hey, John Harris here with the Rock Metal Podcast. Join me as we get to go behind the scenes into what goes into producing records and making music as we interview some of our favorite and soon-to-be favorite bands. Today, we're chatting with Mike Seidel of Vanaheim. For fans of Ensiferum, Moonsorrow, Fintroll, and Nightwish, we'll be chatting about Vanaheim's new album, Ain for Lauren for Hall, mixing done at Sand Lane Recording Studios, mastering done by legendary Finvox Studios. We'll get to hear the story about how all of that came to be, building an active fan base to promote your band, and so much more. So please stay tuned to the very end. But first, let's check in with our beautiful sponsors. Asher Media Relations, doing public relations for everything loud. For your band needs to be seen and heard in print, online, and radio, head over to ashermediarelations.com. That's ashermediarelations.com. Mention the Rock Metal Podcast and get your band noticed. Syndical Music is a full-service agency for musicians offering record label services, marketing, branding, production, and management. Head over to syndicalmusic.com. That's syndicalmusic.com. S-Y-N-D-I-C-O-L music.com. Mention the Rock Metal Podcast and take your music career to the next level. Mike, go ahead and say hi to all of our beautiful listeners. Well, welcome to everybody. Thanks for checking this out, this podcast. It's beautiful to be here. I hope you have... A nice day wherever and whenever it is, but uh, greetings to you all. Absolutely great to have you on, Mike. Now, this record, Ain Verloren for Hall, hopefully I'm saying it correctly, but... Yes, it's uh, Ain Verloren for Hall. That's, that's completely right. You, you didn't uh, butcher it. <laughs> Very good to hear. Now, tremendous record, epic pagan folk metal. There's even uh, like a violin, dueling guitar solo action going on. It. Incredibly cool stuff. Uh, music video will be posted on today's show notes. But nevertheless, what was the greatest moment for you producing this record? Well, uh, the, the, the greatest moment definitely was when we knew that the time has come, the album is going to be finished. Because uh, this album was definitely like a big progress for us all in the band. And we have never done something that big. And uh, that was such an effort for everyone. So uh, we definitely didn't know exactly how it will turn out and if we could match our goals that we set for ourselves. But uh, I mean, at some point we knew, okay, this baby is going to be released in February and it's actually not that far away anymore. So this is definitely a great moment. (laughs) (laughs) Biggest progress for the band ever. Never done something this big with so much effort. Didn't know how it would turn out despite the fact of setting goals. So for you know any other musicians listening in right now, maybe you're working on a podcast yourself, but nevertheless, you set a goal for yourself. Are you going to get there? Now, yep. something you'd mentioned there was, you know, we've never done something this big and of such effort. So, you know, what was the biggest challenge then for you guys on this record? Uh, the biggest challenge uh, was definitely to, to handle the workload that an album brings itself next to having a day job and a normal life basically because i mean we have a lot of orchestrations in the music and um you know the whole recording process definitely takes a while especially when you i don't know quad track the guitars you know and then you go to the studio to record drums and all this kind of stuff so this is really like a big task to handle next to usual things that you have going on in your life uh, so I would say the most challenging part was the orchestrations because it's um, basically the instrument, I will call it an instrument, that uh, 
where the most time goes into. All right. Who listening in resonates 100% with what Mike just said? Making an album, it's a lot of freaking work, especially if you're in the case of like epic pagan folk metal. You've got orchestrations that need to fit into the mix. Quad track guitars, baby. I'm running out of breath here. <laughs> it's a lot to talk about. Plus day jobs, yeah. uh, girlfriends, boyfriends, you know, the people that want to spend time with you while you're holed up in the recording studio doing drums and everything else. Now, towards the end there, Mike, you were talking about thinking of the orchestra as one instrument, which is smart, and I just wanted to unpackage that. What mm. what went into creating the orchestra? What did you learn from the process? You have all kinds of tools today to, to make orchestrations. I mean, you basically can use MIDI and uh, program it on your computer, but um, the challenge is to make it somehow sound real. You know, to, to make it believable uh, that it doesn't just sound like a keyboard, for example. You know, you have to use certain tricks to to make it sound more believable and more real. For example, you put uh, more layers of one instrument uh, behind each other so it sounds more thick, you know, and you uh, adjust the pitch, for example. When you have multiple tracks of violin um, that are stacked onto, uh, on top of each other, you adjust the 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 tuning a little bit, you know, the pitch, so it, it sounds thicker and all these kind of things. So, um, yeah, that's it, basically. All right. Everybody listening in right now, there's the trick, there's the tactic. If you want to make keyboards sound like more realistic orchestrations, layer everything up and even change the pitch of each individual track. Because if you think about it, that's basically what an orchestra is. Yeah. Multiple violins playing a part, and each one is going to be tuned a little bit different, even playing a little bit different because there's individual people. Now, Mike, I'd like to turn the conversation over to when you reached out to me as a reactor to react to one of your music videos. Mm. I was blown away. I thought to myself, is this the strategy? Is this how bands are building up fan bases, an active fan base. Yeah. So anyway, take us through it. For everybody listening in right now who's surprised, shocked, wondering, should I be doing that? Yeah, I will start with, um, especially when you're a smaller brand like us and you're independent, you don't have any label support, you know, and all that stuff. You really have to stand your ground because you have uh, a lot of competition, basically from all the other bands. And... Uh, if you want to get out there, you have to use every available tool that you have, which, of course, means you write a lot of emails to a lot of people, for example, a lot of reaction channels, like you did, you know, you did reaction videos, and we saw that, and uh, we looked into it, and we thought, okay, he does a cool job. I mean, his reactions are nice. Why not? Let's try to him and see. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, if he, no, if you he like would... them. <laughs> yeah, more more on that later. <laughs> it was actually really funny to see. But yeah, you have to you have to use every available tool uh, tool to to bring yourself out there, whether it be for uh, reaction videos, for every kind of promotion, uh, writing to magazines, uh, just for reviews, for example. Like we we wrote a ton of emails to uh, magazines and webzines uh, if they would like to review our album because uh, basically this gives you publicity and i mean without doing any of this we wouldn't be where we are at the moment i mean we're still not <laughs> the biggest band at all but still um we know that it worked out definitely and uh, that we gained a lot of fans over the last year since the release of the album and uh, 
you have to put a lot of effort into it. That's it, basically. All right. Raise your hand if you resonate with what Mike said. Independent band, no label support. Or even if you have some label support, a lot of times you still got to get out there and do your own thing. You got to still do your own hustle. Using every available tool, and Mike mentioned some really good ones, getting onto that email and emailing webzines, magazines, asking for reviews of your work, trying to get as much free publicity and free exposure as possible, and then even mentioning this new tool, in reaching out to reactors to get reaction videos. Take us a bit more through that. What are you looking for in a reactor? Of course, you try to get on the bigger reaction channels uh, because they have a lot of publicity. And if they react to your music, I mean, that's basically free advertisement for you. So that's good. Otherwise, um, these guys and uh, girls also get a lot of emails and a lot of requests. So it's naturally uh, that they don't react to your email or to your message, whatever. So um, we went from the from the big reaction channels uh, to the smaller ones also in the meantime. And um, yeah, what we were looking for is basically um, you have these reaction channels that are very in- uh, interactive with their audience, you know. They really uh, catch them and uh, bring them into the video, so to speak. And um, there are also reaction channels that are a little bit more boring to watch. You know, they just watch the video, uh, pause the video for or the music for I don't know two times and say two sentences, and that's it basically. So these were not really the ones we were looking for, but uh, the ones that have more in- interaction with their audience because uh, yeah, you have to. You have to bind your your audience to yourself and to to the video, of course. And that's what we were looking for. Wow. Okay. So in a nutshell, finding reactors that are interactive with their audience or even just in general, you mentioned emailing, uh, you know, magazines or webzines, finding an outlet that is interactive with their audience. Absolutely. I mean, if you if if you manage to build up your uh, your your own fans without, you know, buying likes or whatever, because that never works. Um you basically build a base for yourself with people that support you, that, that like to support you because they're so into your music and so into what you do. And you you really build a, a base for yourself. And without this base, at least in my opinion, you go nowhere. Because whatever, uh, if you take any kind of hit in the future, I don't know, you you write a bad album. You I don't know made mad. Um, you made a bad promotion deal. Whatever the base of your fans that has always been there will still support you because they they uh, they have faith in you. I mean, if one album doesn't turn out that great, well, there will be a next one, right? Mm-hmm. And these people they they will always support you. Yeah, building an active fan base to to yeah. help promote your work and support your work. More to come, but let's go ahead and check in with our beautiful sponsor. Two Madsen is responsible for producing, mixing, and mastering some of the best metal for over the last 20 years. From Meshuggah to The Haunted to Poison Black, Kemper Profiler packs for guitar players, and Easy Drummer expansion packs for programming drums. Two Madsen can take your production to a level previously unheard. Head over to twomadsen.com. That's twomadsen.com. T-U-E-M-A-D-S-E-N. Click contact, fill out the info for your next project, and let Two know that the Rock Metal Podcast sent you. Wormhole Death is a modern record label, publishing, and film production company born in 2008. Getting signed to this label means global distribution, publishing, and marketing with Wormhole Death's roster of global partnerships. Head over to wormholedeath.com. That's wormholedeath.com. Submit your band and let them know the Rock Metal Podcast sent you. Mike, how would you define success 
at this stage of your career? Well, um, in this case, I can absolutely say that um, we feel successful with this band because we see that our audience is growing. We see that we play more shows and more festivals, for example. And we see that uh, people want to hear what we can produce, you know? And this is basically the, the biggest gift you can get as a band to, to have an audience, you know? Of course, you can write the music for yourself, which we also do because we do it because we like this kind of style and we like to do music. So if there wouldn't be any audience at all, we also would do music. But it's, you know, the appreciation that people give you is such a big boost for keep on going and keep on going. Doesn't matter if it's if it's hard or if it's challenging, you go through it. Also because of the people, because of the fans, you know, the, the people that listen to you. And in this case, I think we are very lucky to have the fans that we have because these people are just awesome. And in this regard, I also feel that we are really successful in uh, what we do at the moment. We we may not have the biggest numbers, but that yeah, doesn't interest anyone. Right. Like you said, Mike, you may not have the biggest numbers right now, but the quality of the audience is there. And as you had said, the audience itself is growing. The gigs themselves are growing. Indeed. It doesn't really matter if you have like 100,000 fans or 100. Because if these 100 people give you a super good time in what you do and they listen to your stuff and they make you happy, then it absolutely doesn't matter if it's 10 people or 100,000 because, um, yeah, at least for us speaking, 10 people would be enough to make us happy, 10 people that support us to keep on going writing music because in the end, it's just broken down to writing music. Um, yeah. You keep on going. That's basically it. And uh, you, it doesn't matter if you keep on going for 10 people or for 100,000 or for yourself, but it gives you a reason to, to write music. Yeah. Keep on going for 10 people or 100,000 people. The reason you're there is to write music. Yeah. Beautiful. What's the number one thing that you want people listening right now to do? Is that is there like a website that you want them to go to? What would you? What's the number one thing you want people listening to do? If you want to have the full package, basically you go to our website, vanaheim.nl, and from there you can be directed to Facebook, Instagram, uh, even TikTok. <laughs> And uh, Spotify, whatever you want, whatever you are into, um, our website will direct you. But we're also on every social media channel uh, available and uh, YouTube, of course, um, Spotify. You, you, did you know that you can follow bands on Spotify? You can do. And uh, we would really appreciate if you would follow us on Spotify. Thank you so much for using the tools that Spotify has given bands. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> but yes, go to vanaheim.nl for all of the relevant links. Go ahead and head over to the rockmetalpodcast.ca for today's show notes. You can see the music video uh, as well as the link to vanaheim.nl. So those are the, the two places you can go to, vanaheim.nl and the rockmetalpodcast.ca for today's show notes for some extra goodies from today. So, Mike... Thank you so much for coming on today. John, thank you very much for having me and having my band Vanheim. It was an absolute pleasure. I really liked your questions, so keep on going. I mean, your reaction videos were good. We liked them. I think uh, <laughs> you, you, you put them down too much. But uh, I mean, this was absolutely fun. Thank you. And that's it for this episode of The Rock Metal Podcast. Stay tuned because next week we're going to be chatting with Vile Vallo about his new solo album. We chat what it's like to make a solo record for the first time and what ended up becoming a very personal record for him. Go ahead and hit subscribe on your podcast player, share it with your friends, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>